0: up everybody and welcome to another episode of team chat podcast a video game show where we talk about the games we love the games we hate and everything in between although really Mogan, i gotta say we hardly ever talk about ones we hate. We normally Rage are just two. talking about <laughs> we, Rage two. Like the one game, <laughs> the one game out there, Rage 2, that we were oh, like, no, we this game is trashed here. Uh, trash we, we, we pretty much love all the video games that come down the pike because they're all so wonderful and fill our hearts with joy. And that's what you'll get here on Team Chat Podcast's discussion about said video games. But I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. How you doing this morning? How you, Dude, how you we were
1: we were supposed to record earlier in the week, but I got my first, my, not my first, my second Rona shot. I took nice. my, my little fizzy Rona juice, uh, and I was like, psh, 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 probably not gonna be that bad. <laughs> My my hubris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was that I, bad.
1: I was fine for like a few hours. And then the arm hurties still started. And that's pretty much all I've got left is like my arm still really hurts. Yeah. But later that night, starting at around like, I would guess 1am, give or take, I woke up with I have to imagine what was a severe fever. Oh, because no. I was so I don't know in the a thermometer, but I was so <laughs> hot. My skin was like scorching to the touch. Had oh, no. the worst sleep of my life because everything hurt. Like everything hurt. I was so hot. I could not nothing I tried could get me comfortable enough to go back to sleep. It was terrible. I'm and that sorry. lasted pretty much through most of yesterday, as far as like just being like, ow. <laughs> Everything hurts.
0: I'm sorry <laughs> my headache is... eventually
1: went away, but that was as good as it got and now it's finally all
0: gone. Good. That's what I've heard from people who have like had a big reaction to oh. it. The it's it really does last for like one day. So, yeah, still like go get the shot everybody. Go hours. get that vac. Go get that vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Uh but uh but yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better. Back to back to almost 100%.
1: And now that we're both fully vaccinated. That's right,
0: vax to the max. You vax know what that means max. everybody? Uh, we're gonna be back in studio in no time I mean unless something happens that uh prevents it from happening I'm pretty sure next week's episode will uh, be back in the old studio so I'm I am
1: so excited
0: I'm so excited. I don't even know if I've told you but I've made some changes to the decor you
1: did but I haven't seen it yet
0: I know How we're gonna go it's it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool we're gonna're we're, it's gonna be uh, let me say it this way the old will be new again. Yeah, that's certain in some ways with the Did old Did you paint setup. the table? No, I didn't do that. Oh. I didn't paint the table. It's still <laughs> black. But, but just like, you know, people who have watched the old YouTubes for a while will, will recognize that, oh, oh, those things are different again. Something's
1: so, you know, different.
0: Just a little tease. Little tease right. for everybody to get Exciting. you to come back next week, you know what I'm saying? To stick in and just be like, at least see what the studio setup looks like now. And then be just like, all right, never mind. This These fools are boring. But... If you want to see what that sweet, sweet studio setup and you're here watching this episode, well, that must mean that you are a fan of the show and here to know that new episodes of Team Chat Podcast come out at 9 a.m. Central Time on Tuesday mornings each and every week. You can listen to those episodes on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel where you can see our sweet, sweet studio setup next week. Find us over on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you put those places into the, your URL search bar and, or in your apps and just say at team chat podcast or slash team chat podcast, you'll find us there. You can also join our discord server where we have a lot of great conversation outside of the world of gaming. And, uh, I mean, obviously we talk about gaming too, but. Lots of fun discussions happen over there when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you want to help make the show bigger and better, you can do just that. Just like Zach S., Susan M., James K., Ben W., Michael B., Fuchsia Rascal, Andrew M., Michael S., Brandon W., and Mariah K. have done by going over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. Whereas for as little as a dollar a day, you can support the show. And in return you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general tuesday release you also get access to a, a private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery that is specifically for patrons and patrons at our five dollar tier also get along with getting the audio and video versions early also get a uh, two week early access to our subsidiary show team Chit Chat, where mogan and i talk about topics that are not gaming related at all quick note to that I know it's been a minute since we have put one out, and I'm very sorry. We have one recorded; it's in, and uh, I just got to get that edited up and out there to everybody. Uh, with the month off we took, I understand that we uh, had took a little break with that as well, and we will be getting back to a more normal schedule on releasing those team chit chats. So, thank you for your patience.
1: Yeah, that. and also another quick note. Jarrett did in fact mean a dollar per month, not per day.
0: Did I say per day? Yeah, you said I mean, if I a dollar. You want day. to do per dollars? A dollar per day? I mean, we'll could. take it. i am not going to stop you? But. <laughs> but no, it's only a dollar a month. Let me is uh, let me thank you for thank you for that correction. People are like whoa, the Patreon got expensive they lately. Got
1: pricey.
0: <laughs> well, you know the barrier that, to entry is just that, too
1: high. There was that pipeline hack. We get most of our money from oil stocks, so That's you know. True. We-
0: we That's true. So to we, we, took to our we took a hit. We took a hit. But before we get into – oh, but also, if you can't do that, no big deal. If you can't afford that $1 a month or the $1 a day, no big deal. You can You can still support the show and help make it bigger and better just by listening to each episode, subscribing wherever you interact or listen, watched with the show, telling your friends, writing us reviews. All that stuff helps get the good word of Team Chat Podcast out there to the masses. We love and appreciate all of our patrons and listeners alike. Can't wait till hard next emoji. week when we can do this hard emoji in person.
1: I feel like they're actually a little harder to do in person,
0: but this is fine. <laughs> That's true. The yeah. angle won't be right to the camera. Yeah, the can't angle's just like not put it right up in front of us. It's yeah, we'll, we'll still have to do them though. <laughs> yeah, we'll still do it. Don't worry. This core element of the show will not change when we get back into the <laughs> and back into the studio settings. But before we get into the main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan.
1: Okay, real quick, in case you missed it last week, a couple of bigger things came out that you may or may not want to pick up. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I personally need to go pick this one up because I do really, really want it. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is the remaster of the entire trilogy, not including Andromeda. Don't worry, you're protected from that one. uh, Is out now for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Subnautica has also been ported to the Switch as of the 14th. Along with its new, I don't want to call it an expansion because I think it's its own game, but Subnautica Below Zero, a frostier version of Subnautica, is also out now for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then out as of, is this going to be this episode? Yes, out as of this episode's air date. Sorry, I had to check my calendar. Days Gone is finally coming to PC. Oh, nice. How long has that game been out?
0: Uh, I feel like it's been a
1: long-ass time. Two, almost three years, I feel like. I feel like it was a
0: 2018, because I know Horizon was was 2017, so I feel like Days Gone was a 2018.
1: Well, whatever. Uh, and then coming out for the Switch on the 18th as well is Snow Runner, Ariel underscore Knights apostrophe S. Never. <laughs> These names. What a- game? <laughs> <laughs> Ariel Knights never yield. And it's spelled Ariel like flying through the air, not Ariel mm, Little mm-hmm, Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ariel Knights never yield. <laughs> under the sea. Yeah, under the sea. Uh, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. That's out on the 19th. So is Elite Dangerous Odyssey for PC only. The Wild at Heart comes out for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC May 20th. Is this a rare Xbox exclusive? That would be fun.
0: That would be fun. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen many of those lately.
1: Yeah, coming out a little bit later in the week on the 21st, we've got Knockout City for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, along with Miitopia. I know a lot of people are excited about this one. I forgot about that one. Yeah, Miitopia is finally coming out for the Switch on May 21. So is Rust. Ooh, Rust I've actually heard a lot of people talking about, and I almost want to try it. I'm not entirely sure yet, but anyways, Rust is coming to PS4 and Xbox One May 21st as well, and that closes us out from next week.
0: Very cool, very cool. (sighs) Uh, We did have a couple little what? What? I'm looking
1: at the at the art for the Wild at Heart. It looks really cute. I'm gonna have to do some research on this game. It looks like it might be up my alley.
0: Is that the that's the one that was the Xbox potential Xbox?
1: Yeah, good point. I guess, well, I do have Steam. Nope. I've got Steam now. Yeah. I've got and a most PC. Of those,
0: most of that stuff is, like, interchangeable in between. So, yeah, yeah. like We did have a couple quick little news stories. Actually, today's episode is very news-heavy. We're talking about a couple different stories that have been going around the interwebs lately. First one that we want to start off with, though, is that uh, a little bit of information was given out recently in a Wired article about the PS5. Uh, the article is, the PlayStation 5 is starting to look like the revolution it promised which is very exciting because obviously we've had the console for a while. And with a few uh, exceptions, such as Returnal Demon Souls uh, and stuff like that, there have not been a ton of PS5 exclusive titles as of yet. And we're already, you know, six ish months into the, Oh, well, I guess. Yeah. Six More is m- it? six. It's I can't talk six ish months into as uh, since its release. Uh, and so the big headline here, though, this is called out from uh, Nibel on Twitter, at Nibelian, Nibel, 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 I don't know, how to, which, whichever way you say it, at Nibelian uh, says that PlayStation's from the article, PlayStation's Herman Holst told Wired that there are 25 first party titles in development for PS5, nearly half are new IPs that's which, exciting
1: that's really exciting uh we can assume that *Kena: bridge of spirits is included in that 25 so I uh, just- yeah
0: i would imagine so since it's yeah since it's not which uh th- my god I, i've been that's been popping up on my radar with more like more s- screenshots uh i saw it in my ps i forgot i tagged it in my ps5 wish list and i was like oh my god it's gonna be so, it's gonna be so good but this is-
1: oh yeah oh, please go, go
0: ahead. ahead go ahead no
1: I was gonna say this is a very silly aside. I saw on either Instagram or Twitter that uh, Ember Labs was doing a little like special promo of DLC for if you pre-order the game, if you pre-order Keenabridge Bridge of Spirits*, I think you're guaranteed like a little pack of special hats for your little oh, I did see that your little yeah. pseudo Pikmin, and I was like, nah, I don't nah, that's pretty cute.
0: I'm all about <laughs> I it. I do mean, like I mean, that. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. it's it's gonna be a pre-order for me for sure. So yeah. you know.
1: I mean I'm, I'm I would there. if I could get a PS5 but you know whatever.
0: I think it's is that one you want to save for PS5 cuz I'm I think it might go PS4 also
1: if it I could does, be wrong. I'm gonna have to. If it's also for PS4, because we'll we'll talk about this later, anyways. Continue with with the current the current story.
0: <laughs> so anyway, you know, lots of good stuff to read there from the article. But the uh, big thing, though, and the the thing from this article that I got most excited about, other than the fact that nearly half of those 25 games in development are new IPs, this article does confirm that still, as of yet, as of now, Horizon Forbidden West is still slated to come out in 2021. Which so I gotta say, that is
1: exciting. That's good but, news. Yeah. How much have we actually seen of the game yet?
0: We have seen that first, I think, the announcement trailer, and then I think we got like an announce another trailer after that. But so, that has been months now since we've yeah. gotten anything else. Maybe getting close to a year, because maybe it was E3 or a state of play that Sony did mid to late last year.
1: Yeah, it's been quite a while, so i think that it's good that they are still the puppy
0: dog oh no it's not the puppy dog i I adjusted in my chair and hit my desk and now figures started falling over things were shaking sorry (laughs) sorry i
1: apologize i i I just feel like (laughs) it's great that they're saying that it's going to come out in 2021 i personally would still be surprised if that actually happens Just just given the state of so little is still currently known about it because like for example with Ratchet and Clank uh, A Rift Apart they like slowly released more and more information and then they released this 15 minute play demo at the recent state of play so it's like okay yeah they're really ramping up actual hands-on experiences with the game to Mm -hmm. prove basically that it's playable yep and they haven't done that yet for forbidden west they could just wind up doing it nintendo style they could be like how here you go everybody it's out right now you can go play it immediately we're gonna do this demo on stage right this very second and then everybody will be excited and buy it they could do one of those but that's not typically sony's mo so well, i feel it, like
0: but you also know. e3 is like a month away
1: e3 is a month away and we do still have A little over six months left in the year so it's still very possible just given how many other bigger name games have been subjected to you know pretty common delays the the oh yeah it's not novel uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed
0: same same i'm I'm, i got the fingers crossed we were talking about this before we started recording i'm a forever optimist so my fingers are crossed that it will happen still this year but I'm, i'm also setting myself up for yeah there's a good chance it won't well
1: this kind of leads into the next thing that we want to talk about because these sort of go hand in hand. Part of me almost hopes that Forbidden West gets delayed and mm-hmm. Kena Bridge of Spirits again because, as we've seen with more and more uh, news articles coming out, they are expecting that PS5s will still be really hard to find into 2022. There is still a chip shortage going on. It is hard to get the materials required to make these units and push them to people that can actually buy them and not scalpers. So they're expecting there to still be console hardware shortages. And that's a problem for a lot of reasons. The main one being that people like me can't play the cool new games that are coming out. But the other reason is if you have so many people that want your console that has these kinds of exclusives and they're not able to buy them, by the time they finally get their hands on that console, will they go back and buy games mm. that they may have missed? Because I was thinking about this, like Good Returnal, uh, Resident Evil Village, which I don't think that's an exclusive, but the, the same thing kind of applies. Right, Games like that that are these bigger badder uh exclusives for ps5 you know who's gonna be playing returnal in a year if if they finally get their hands on a ps5 they've probably already forgotten about it maybe not people like me go back and play hella old games but i just worry that it might be low-key damaging sales and sales potential of Specifically, PS5 exclusives. If a game is also coming out for PS4, sure, that's not that big of a deal. But if it's just for PS5 and you're not reaching your maximum potential market because you don't have the hardware to push it to them, that's kind of a problem for developers. Not necessarily for Sony, but for developers, I can imagine that that's kind of concerning, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, because the whole big deal is like you want these, you want the game to succeed. I agree. Like, I know. They're obviously like there's markets for these games because the No Returnal's done really well and it and it's sales and all that stuff, but still. And we have to, we and we know that chi- while the chip shortage is also a big problem, the other bigger problem that's that's causing this difficulty to get is, of course, the ever present scalpers. Yeah, so it's bots like it, it is a, a problem in that, yeah, it may not, these games may not be able to see their full effect. I agree. Like,
1: are they because I feel like this might be something that we could actually start to avoid if they would actually start selling PS5s and Xbox Series X's and S's in stores again. Why aren't they doing that anymore?
0: Yeah, because I know they didn't do it last year because it because was a whole the thing pandemic. of just like the pandemic. Yeah, it was we don't safety want like issue. lines of people outside. But true, now with the vaccination rates, yeah. especially it even the you know recently announced CDC guidelines of now fully vaxxed people don't necessarily have to wear their masks in all the places uh so like and i mean things are just opening up again more in general so you're like yeah i would imagine you would start seeing those coming to store shelves soon yeah and that might help as well but obviously too then at, at that point it's the chip shortage
1: yeah so it's, it's just it's, we've it's got problems weird. on yeah. problems over here yeah
0: i know and, and i mean maybe that is why they are kind of like holding back and not why we haven't got a lot of information on for Forbidden West, yeah, and stuff like that, it could not be ready. But it could also, to your point, be that they're just like, let's see how long we can hold off on this until yeah. we can get more PS5s into the hands of people who want them, because obviously the demand for them is there. That's why there's still queues and all this stuff, making it difficult for people to be able to get one. So, uh,
1: in other news, that's kind of tangential to this. I think I saw a report that in April 2021, you know what the best selling console was.
0: April 2021?
1: April of this year. Last April. Uh, what was I mean, the best-selling console? Right? Yeah, of course. It was yeah. the Switch. <laughs> so even with... I mean, I, I'm sure a big part of this has to do with that availability, which just goes to show that they're missing out on revenue. Because yeah. if the Switch is still the best-selling console, that's... I mean, it's less expensive. There are lots of different things working in the Switch's favor. It's less expensive. It's a little bit more... In perception family friendly it's right. a lot smaller than the ps5 than the big
0: chunky oh, ps5
1: and it's a lot cheaper so there's there's a lot of different factors for that but i'm sure the av- availability of ps5s is a big one hurting it uh but also that goes to say that nintendo is also starting to put some some kind of low-key hints in the water that like hey everybody we're not immune to the chip shortage. You might start to see switches become less available as time goes on. So if you were thinking about getting the switch, you might as well go on ahead and get one now because they Snatch might be a little bit shelves. They might be a little bit harder to find in a while. Especially for the holiday season. Start planning for the holidays now. If you were gonna get a switch, just buy it now.
0: Which is crazy, like a chips shortage. Is not something that I would have anticipated happening. Like you we have to make computers and like all this stuff. Like how many millions of computers are probably made a day? Thousands probably. Million is probably too high, of a yeah. but still, like that's just something I never would have anticipated being a shortage of. But
1: yeah, and I mean in in terms of like the PC scene, this has been a problem for as long as the PS five issue has been going on because people that want to build their own PCs are having the darndest time being able to find the parts for it because there's a shortage. So it's That's true with like the graphics cards,
0: the processors, yeah. especially I know the graphics cards there for a while were, were uh, in low demand or high demand because of the Bitcoin mining and all that stuff. And then that, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, the it's all, it's all crazy. It's crazy yeah. how all that stuff works together and influences it all. But hopefully, yeah, that'll get uh, changed so that, yes, you can get a PS5 and start enjoying the the wonders that it is. But still, uh, I, still say, come, I still, still- say come, come set up a profile on mine. When you come over to record, just hang out for a while and play games on it. Oh, you're right.
1: Keena Bridge of Spirits is coming to PS4. Oh, so nice. So I'm just going to get it on PS4 then. Um, unless, of course, I get lucky and I'm able to actually snag a PS5. But if you, good listener, are able to buy a PS5 and are willing to sell it to me at market price for no additional upcharge <laughs> other than other than shipping, I'll happily buy it from you. <laughs>
0: Shipping and knowing that the in having the joy in your heart, knowing that it's going yeah. to the homes of one of the greatest voices in video it's, game journalism.
1: This is for you. This is for your benefit, not That's mine. Right. <laughs> Those warm
0: fuzzy feelings inside,
1: just like the, the feelings that these cute little rots will give you when you're playing *King of, Bridge
0: of Spirits*. <laughs> God, they are cute though. Oh, <laughs> they're I'm, so
1: cute! I'm so excited I'm just, for that game. I'm just gonna still call them new Pikmin. They're just new Pikmin.
0: Pikmin 2.0. <laughs> Pikmin 2.0, yeah. (laughs) So the main story, though, that we really wanted to spend a little bit more time talking on is another news story. It came out within the last week on uh, May 11th. And this is from VideoGameChronicle.com. Ubisoft says it's changing strategy to focus on more, quote, high-end, free-to-play games. Assassin's Creed Firm says it will no longer rely on three to four AAA games each year. This story is by Tom Ivan. So a little bit of background on this, because obviously that sounds, you know, I know there's a knee-jerk reaction to that when you see that immediately. No, you know, cutting back on three to, on the AAA games that they release each year, focusing more on free-to-play. Okay, that sounds from its offset like maybe not a good thing, but that's what I wanted to talk about. We've each read this article. We've gone through it. I'll read a little bit more of the article here in a second. But we kind of wanted to get share our thoughts on what this could potentially mean. Uh, And so because we also know, man, I'm blanking on it now. But what was the big announcement Ubisoft made recently? Like and by recently, I want to say it was in the last like five months or so. But something else about they were taking their games on a different direction with, like, wanting them to be, like, these longer, bigger, ongoing things. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. We talked about that, didn't we? Mm
0: -hmm. It was basically
1: just saying how they were, like, recommitting, I guess, to the idea of open world games. And it's like, weren't you already...
0: Or just like yeah, these like longer ongoing experiences
1: yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're right.
0: I feel like those two announcements kind of go hand in hand. And so if you saw that one, this one isn't necessarily that of like shocking of a thing, because what is one way to make like a longer ongoing experience? Yeah, sure, a free-to-play game that goes on for a really long time, uh following the various different models for that, with either season-based events, just normal events. Uh, continual cosmetic additions into the games, what have you, expansions. I mean, World of Warcraft, I mean, you could say it's not free to play, but I mean, still, it's like this long ongoing game that you can play for ever and ever and ever and ever. But uh, let's get a little excerpts from this. So it says in the article, Ubisoft is shifting away from its traditional strategy of releasing three to four premium AAA titles each year, but plans to launch, quote, high-end free-to-play games for all its biggest franchises which is interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, So this is the quote from Ubisoft's chief financial officer, Frederick Duguay. He says, In line with the evolution of our high-quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year. Uh, Basically, they wanted people to say with this that, like, this came out too, and I think because this was a little update to it, because it says Ubisoft then told VGC later, it's free-to-play push does not mean it will release less than premium games. For anybody who's kind of tied up on that or them saying like free-to-play are less than than the normal AAA, it's not like they're going to be like lower quality games and stuff like that. But just wanted to add the distinction for the premium or not. Um, but. They, uh, the CFO continues to say, this is a purely financial communication evolution and doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. So on that same lane, like they did just announce the Division Heartland, which is going to be like a free-to-play spinoff of the Division series. They already have Hyperscape, which is a their battle royale. And uh, they even, I guess, own. Oh, I missed this fact that they do own now uh, the game Brawlhalla, the like beat 'em up yeah, Super yeah, Smash yeah. Brothers esque game Brawlhalla. So all of those are already these free to play titles that they have. But the big question then is what? How? What are our initial takebacks? Take you know from this? Like what? How does this hit you, Mogan? Like you yeah. see this? What What do you think?
1: Uh, just going to put on my little conspiracy prediction cap. <laughs> I think that this... So the story came out, yeah, the rumor come out, uh, that Ubisoft did this press release in their... Mm. Not press release. It was in their earnings call or something. They mentioned this in one of their earnings calls, and people freaked out because everybody was like, oh, no, we don't like the sound of that. So then they had to come out with these additional press releases that were like, no, 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 don't worry. We're not going to be making fewer... Three to four AAA titles per year. We're not doing that, we're just adding on. I personally think that that was just damage control and that their long-term plan, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but I feel like their long-term plan is to do exactly that, is to pivot away from releasing bigger titles that are complete games in and of themselves. I think they're slowly going to start I don't think they'll stop doing it, because I do feel like that market is kind of always going to exist, and you'd be a fool not to embrace it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we do eventually start seeing fewer full, complete games being released at full price. Now, there's still going to be DLC probably in the mix somewhere, but it would not surprise me at all if we do eventually see Ubisoft transition more into here are all of our free-to-play games and they're loaded with microtransactions that's how we're going to get your money so even you you kind of mentioned this like freemium versus premium doesn't mean a reduction in quality and i completely agree with that what i do think reduces quality overall is the user experience because if you're playing a game that is packed to the gills with microtransactions your experience is going to be impacted and you're going to have a worse time. And that's the piece that I'm worried about is like, God, microtransactions already suck. And calling them micro isn't even true in a lot of cases. They're more like macro transactions because they're yeah, so expensive. It's real. So I, I am a little bit worried about that. We're even still seeing... We're still seeing problems with freaking Marvel, that game that they made that everybody oh, the, hates.
0: Oh, uh, the Avengers one?
1: Yeah, yeah. What are the Marvel's Avengers? Yeah, that's the one. They just released a new seasonal thing or, or like an event or something and all of the premium skins and like the good stuff is 100% paywalled. Even for shitty games,
0: because it's well, not a good one, game. Well, that one—that game's not even free to play. Like it yeah, was a full price. That game's not you know. even
1: free to play. So I feel like that's what we're gonna start seeing more of. Is Ubisoft is going? Well, we want our own Fortnite. We want our own PUBG. We want to make all this money. I think that's exactly what they're gonna start doing. Personally.
0: Well, and I, and I agree too. In the sense that I I don't necessarily see a problem even with them branching off from doing three to four triple a titles a year like what if they say like they're big their big uh franchises right now obviously assassin's creed like assassin's creed in the last year also came out in this call in this uh financial call that was had its most successful year ever the franchise did with valhalla and everything like that so that's really cool to see but so they got you know they have assassin's creed far cry uh watchdogs and then probably the tom clancy games like um And stuff like that, or even Division. Like, those are kind of their big hitters. And so, if one of those, if an entry in one of those games is dropping every, like, you know, Assassin's Creed was annual for quite a long time until they took a break after Odyssey to develop Valhalla. And so, it's one of those things for me. I look at that and be like, that's, I'm okay with that if they're spaced out a little bit more because then that gives me more time to play them. I'd, and to play other things that come in between, like I did want to play Legions. I want to play Far Cry. I mean, Watchdog Legion. I do. I do want to play Far Cry Six, and I want to play the next Assassin's Creed that comes out. But if all those are hitting, like in the same year, I have to pick and choose. Yeah, so I totally agree. They're gonna lower the amount of those games that they're putting out every year, filling that gap with free to play experiences from new and same franchises. I'm not necessarily upset about that. I do agree what you're saying though in the terms of microtransactions. Yes. Obviously if it's free to play, you have to make your money somewhere. In being that through a battle pass system, cosmetics, you know that's the general the general go-to's in that in those arenas. But again, if you're giving me like I've I played Hyperscape. It wasn't my it my cup of tea for a battle royale. I'm still like hanging on to Apex Legends. It's great and fantastic having a ball. So you know, it, it also definitely kind of frees me up to be like, I can drop into all these games, try them out for the first month or so after they're release, see what I'm going to like. You know, it, because obviously free to play intrinsically, the game's free. You don't have to spend money on it, but you can if you want and you like it. So it's kind of cool. Like, OK, I'm not going to say no to free experiences that I can try out every so often uh, whenever they're coming out. So I don't necessarily see it as a Bad thing because I think for my personal play style, like I said, I think it'll fit better. I'll have more time to finish their bigger titles and I can have smaller, freer, uh, small, free titles that I want to mess around with in forever. What I am curious to see though is what these experiences wind up looking like. Like, for example, what is a free to play Assassin's Creed game going to look like?
1: Yeah, I had the same thought because I was thinking, how enjoyable. Jarrett, like how enjoyable would Assassin's Creed still be if it were if only half, like if only about half of the content were still truly free, Mm -hmm. and then all the rest of the content were somehow paywall. Would that still be a good experience? I mean, this is very hypothetical. We're talking in total hypotheticals. We don't know what's actually going to happen. This is just... Well,
0: and two, because I I seriously doubt that whatever the free-to-play modes of these, it's not like they're going to take Assassin's Creed Valhalla and say, hey, it's free. If you want, here's the game to start playing it. And oh, I mean, if they do, then this is... If they do what I'm about to say, this will be terribly shitty. And Not good. But like, say, like, you know, one of the, I told you, like one of the big things about Assassin's Creed Valhalla that I've loved is that the the main campaign is broken up into arcs that are an hour, two hours long, depending, you know, as you go through the main story. What, you know, if they came and been like, here's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's free to play. You have the first three arcs free. And then after that, every additional, you know, you can pay for additional arcs to play. That would be terrible. So I don't know if you can take the same – and and you know obviously then you're just like, well, this is an incomplete game that I'm just buying piecemeal. So I don't necessarily know how you can take the current Assassin's Creed model and how the Assassin's Creed games play and then be like – This is a free to play thing. I think it has to be a drastic change in some way. So,
1: you want to hear my conspiracy theory specifically for Assassin's Creed Valhalla? This won't happen. Go for it. Go for it. I think that if they release it free to play, they're going to release it exclusively with your character having double shields, no other weapons. (laughs) And if if you want weapons, you got to buy them. It's double shields or nothing. (laughs) That's what I think. That would be hilarious
0: and also terrible.
1: Oh, I think Um, that would be so funny. (laughs) If they actually did that, I would be like, good for you, Ubisoft. I like that. Get some
0: move. (laughs) But I mean, who knows? Because they did do the Assassin's Creed games in the past have had multiplayer, you know? Uh, So maybe they're like, for Assassin's Creed, it reinvents its multiplayer component in some way. It was difficult. I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it because it was very. You know, you would be hunting these other players who are also trying to assassinate you. So it's a very big game of cat and mouse. But also it was just like you'd be walking along and some person's just like (laughs) like just shanks you and you're you're like, what? No, how you couldn't like block it, defend yourself. You just like if you got caught, you got caught. So it was it was a very difficult game uh, experience, I thought, but like interesting to play around in. So maybe they're going to go something like that. I do think, because they also announced in the same call that their uh, pirate game that has been in development forever, Skull and Bones, was delayed to the fiscal year starting in April 2022. That game for sure is going to be free to play. Yeah. I'm I'm Uh, calling it now. Like, it's going to be a free to play game. It's going to be an online multiplayer game anyway. I think that one's going free to play.
1: So this brings up a good point in that most, I would even say... I mean, it's probably not all, but the vast majority of free-to-play games are hinged on the multiplayer experience. Right. Almost no free-to-play game is intended to be played single-player. You're supposed to be playing them online with communities. Part of my general level of concern about this is are only so many gamers in the world. I mean, unless you're finding ways to convert non-gamers into gamers, you've got a pretty set standard of, okay, this is our market. Mm -hmm. There are only so many hours in a day and only so many options that people can funnel their time into for continuing online experiences. Oh yeah. How many online games do I play right now? Virtually one. none, because I'm stu- not stuck. I'm joyfully stuck in Brave the Default, uh, a couple of other games. And then my online one, which can and I do play single player, is Monster Hunter Rise. Mm-hmm. How many other free to play games? You know, you only basically what I'm saying is I worry about continuing sizes of the player base right because when you've got a free to play game it is entirely hinged on how many people are playing because that makes the experience and if people try something and they're like oh this is fine but it's not good enough to keep their interest you're going to have this big drop in player base and it's going to it's going to impact the experience so i feel like that's another thing to consider which is that if we're having the market be flooded with all of these different options for free to play, you're going to have a lot of people spread out over a thinner, it's going to be just spread too thin. And that may or may not actually be something to worry about, but that's something that I think about is like, do we actually have enough people (laughs) to, to make all of these work?
0: Well, and two because they're all gonna. The thing with free to play games too is like, yeah, you can play multiple of them, but you're but you're right. You're gonna spend your money and spend your time in the one that clicks with you. For yeah. example, like there are tons of battle royales that are free to play out there. I play Apex because that's the one that like is my jam. That's the one that I like. I like the most. I enjoy the most. I have the most fun playing it. And yeah, I don't mind spending a you know ten bucks every other month or so to get a battle pass that I want and stuff like that, and get and hunt through all the challenges and go like that. So I understand, I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, I think people are going to gravitate to the ones they like and those games will you know, will then keep the stronger player bases and whatnot. Um, but it's also interesting to kind of like, you know, Assassin's Creed. I'm not totally sure how that one is going to look in their free-to-play mode because they say all their franchises are getting free-to-play companions. Yeah. So it's like, I don't necessarily know how Assassin's Creed work. Tom Clancy, like Tom Clancy games or like uh, Ghost Recon and stuff like that. Absolutely see how that could be free to play. Even Division, like they're already doing it. I see how that one could work. A game I think that definitely would work better as free to play, not a full a full price game, uh, Just Dance. You pay full price for it anyway. They give you a meager sampling of songs and yeah. stuff. Usually like knock off shitty versions of the songs. And then yeah. like, hey, if you want the good ones, you got to go pay for like the Just Dance Plus subscription anyway or buy songs individually. Give me the base game free.
1: Like 10 some
0: songs, and then you know what? And then if I can go pick and choose, like when i when like you have friends over for a party, you're like, Oh, I really like that one song, let people pick and choose songs, just dance would be a great one for free. Or they
1: could do like themed packs, like here's our K-pop pack, here's our metal pack, here's our EM pack, that that in particular right to Ubisoft, Jared. (laughs) Get them on the (laughs) phone. That's a great idea.
0: I'm sending them this episode (laughs) direct link to this timestamp so they can hear all the great ideas. But yeah, I like I see how Just Dance would be perfect for it. I even and like Skull and Bones. Whenever we get to see what that looks like, that would be perfect for it. Free to play, but then like your you know as you progress through it, there will be battle pass seasons where you you, you could do a, a season of a battle pass that will give you various cosmetics for your ships, various weapon upgrades, yada yada yada. And then you can uh, additionally with that you buy cosmetic items for your ships, your out, your sailor outfits and all that stuff. I see it clear as day. Can work will be great. Could work beautifully. Uh, the one thing that does interest me, though, and the one that I am kind of – I know this game specifically isn't going to be free-to-play because of how they've already talked about and said what the scope of this game is going to be, but Ubisoft Star Wars title that they're working on. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: You know? So does that mean we're going to get a – Free-to-play game from Ubisoft on Star Wars. That one I kind of could see maybe not that more being like a one-off thing. Like right now, they're getting like the test game. Like, let's see how you guys do with a a Star Wars title. And then after that, we may see some growth from that, especially if this is like the launch of a new Star Wars uh, franchise IP, basically. Then I could see them branching off with a free-to-play. But my initial thought was, oh, are they going to do anything with that? But then I reassured myself. I was like, no, no, no. They've said it's going to be like this big single-player story, you know, big campaign and all that jazz. So I'm not necessarily worried about that one coming out being like, hey, it's free-to-play. Because uh, I would be upset by that. I would like – I want to see what Ubisoft – give me – I want to see Ubisoft's take on a full premium AAA Star Wars title. Yeah, make so. a
1: real game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not one of these slubby low-level free-to-play <laughs> games. My god. <laughs> Don't at me with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think like what we said, the pros, cons of this, like I do think that free-to-play is great for the low barrier of entry it offers, but yes, you're going to get hit with microtransactions. And that's up for everybody to determine your own comfort level with that and how much you're willing to spend. Uh, yeah, the, free, the fewer premium tiles per year gives me more time to finish them, which I'm all on board with that. Now, here's the thing that will be interesting and that will, especially as uh this goes on and they develop more free to play games and titles. Activision recently made the announcement that all of their studios are in one shape or form working on Call of Duty. To either support Warzone, support the next like title and all that stuff. Do you think that the same thing could happen with Ubisoft once they kind of like hit their cash cow?
1: I think for sure. And this is this is yet another thing that brings me great levels of concern because related to that Call of Duty news, that includes Toys for Bob, the makers of the Spyro remaster, which mm-hmm. is excellent, the Crash Bandicoot remaster, which is also excellent. And it's like... I kinda don't love that. You're taking good talent away from other projects to work on a game that I personally do not find any enjoyment in. So I, I think that's pretty concerning. I just think that that's going to limit the scope of, of what types of games are being produced by bigger publishers,
0: by bigger studios
1: indie games will always be there for me and I don't have to worry about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean and yeah and it's not like they're saying that these studios are working completely and totally on Call of Duty like they don't touch anything else but you're right how you know if they are say they took half of Toys for Bob's workforce to be able to work on Call of Duty as opposed to Spyro yeah that's that's gonna affect you know I mean, not necessarily Spyro, because unless they're making a brand new Spyro game, yeah. I, I know they're not like there's not like current development on that. But still, I, I understand the concern, and so and that'll be interesting to see. I think if that does happen with Ubisoft in this new push, and I'm 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 honestly like I have hesitations about it in the terms of like what we've already talked about, but I'm still kind of again it's that optimism in me. I want to see it. I'm not I'm not writing it off as terrible. I'm not writing it off as great. I'm I'm anxiously curious to you see gotta, what this is going to look like.
1: Jarrett clued me into this invincible meme that is a guy <laughs> going think to somebody else that I guess is dying or whatever? I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, but Jarrett was joking to me about, like, I imagine that that's you shouting, think, think, and I'm the other guy, and I just, I want to pull that up right now and slap our faces
0: (laughs) on it. The big one is, like, you really think this is going to work out good for the player? Think, Jarrett, think! Or my other favorite one is you don't have to play, do you think you have to play all titles in a franchise to understand the current release? You You don't, don't, Jarrett! think think so if somebody could make those for us oh my god be yeah we, we've gotten some
1: good memes in the past get on that people but yeah we'll just have uh, to wait and see I mean that's yeah. the gist is we're just hypothetically speaking about how we think things may eventually turn out we could both be wrong we could both be a little right there could be things that we haven't even considered that eventually wind up coming out of the woodwork so we're just gonna have to wait and see is ultimately yep. the uh the gist.
0: Pretty much. But like I said, I'm excited to see how this transforms and how this does take shape because you can't – I mean, and that's one of the big things that they said in this article too. Let me see if I can find the quote. Um, Oh, yeah. This is a purely – no, 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 no. That's not what it was. Here it is. Uh, A – on Twitter, this is again from the Video Game Chronicle article. It says posting on Twitter, one of Ubisoft's senior analysts claimed the company's comments were in reference to free-to-play becoming a larger share of the revenue pie, not an indication that there will be less traditional paid games like Assassin's Creed. They wrote, "Quote, the content mix is expanding, not changing. A good comp is the a good comparison is the evolution of Call of Duty since Warzone." I mostly wanted to steer the conversation away from free-to-play games are replacing AAA paid games to Free to play is going to be an additional way to experience some of these IPs. So it does seem like they are setting them up as separate. I, like I said, I don't think my horror scenario that I shared of Assassin's Creed Valhalla is how this is going to like pan out and how they. I think do it. that
1: double shields thing is going to happen. I'm calling
0: it. <laughs> I think that's going to be real. <laughs> so I think it will be very interesting to see. And I mean, too, like I'm excited to see what they make. What's what? What could a free to play Assassin's Creed look like? Obviously, if you guys have any thoughts, we'd love to. Le- we'd love to hear. Uh, What you guys think about all this and potentially what you think a free-to-play experience could look like from some of your favorite Ubisoft franchises. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, with bated breath. I mean, because it'll probably be a few years before we start seeing the results of this announcement. Um, You know, as of right now, the heart division heartland is the big free to play uh, like the first big free to play that i think based off one of these franchises that ubisoft's doing so it'll be a bit probably before we see the assassin's Creed one the watchdogs one and who knows maybe eventually one day we'll see skull and bones but someday (laughs) we'll we'll just we'll just wait and see but like i said we'd love to know what you all think about this do you are you pleased with this announcement are you horrified by this announcement do you are you like me and just cautiously optimistic that it's all going to be great let us know uh send us an email at at gmail.com or jump on the discord talk about it with us there social media wherever we are online you can talk about us and we'd love to talk about it with us you can talk about us too but we'd love to hear from you but i think that pretty much wraps it up uh mogan do you have any other additional thoughts on this or are we good to let the good people go on with their day i think we're good all righty then well this has been an episode of Team Chat Podcast. And until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.